We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A dot com. Thanks for listening. Um, welcome to Seaford Middle School. Um, I will ask your patience with me this morning as I woke up with some kind of amazing bronchial thing. So good times are had at our house. Um, so, so pray with me and, and stay with me as we talk about Mother's Day today. And please forgive any coughs already, please, okay? Because it's, it's been a thing this morning. So I want to tell you that if this is your first time here, we're welcome. But listen, can we just give it up for the moms? Give it up for moms. My mother-in-law is here and is amazing, and she has helped our family in so many ways that, that I don't even probably know about. Thank you so much, Mom, for all that you do for us. Um, my mom is somewhere in California living her best life without me, so, um, or my three other siblings. I have three other siblings, um, and they're also... Uh, um, well, my sister's a mom too, so happy Mother's Day to all of the moms out there. Whoop, oh, thank you. That's my kid screaming loud like that. Oh my gosh. Being a caregiver is really hard work, right? Being a caregiver is hard work. I mean, moms nurture and provide and care deeply for those that God places in our charge. We really, really care. And we often uh, talk about God as Father, and we should talk about that. He is our creator, and he provides for us. And, but have you ever thought of God in the nurturing and caring way that we see modeled in godly mothers? My question this morning is, does God have a mother's heart? So this morning, I want you to receive three truths. Three truths. I want to show you how deeply God loves women and mothers and each and every one of us. Then I want you, I want to lead you to connect with God the Holy Spirit and see the heart of the Lord for ourselves and for others around us. And thirdly, I want you to help, I want to help you care more richly and more deeply for uh, one another and honor one another above uh, to honor one another above ourselves, right? That's what I want us to learn this morning. So we're going to look at some truth in historical and biblical context. So if you know, um, if you want to know somebody's heart, right, if you want to know more about them, if you want to know what is in them, ask them what they're praying for, right? Ask them, what, what are you praying for right now? What are you praying for right now? And, and you'll get an answer and you'll get a clear picture of what's in their heart. When we ask our kids, hey, what are you praying for right now? And they say Legos. Well, you know what's in their heart, right? Legos are in their heart. My son, Oliver, has a heart-shaped Lego hole. And his, yeah, his heart is Legos. That's just who he is. So if we want to understand the heart of Jesus, we need to examine what he prayed. So we're going to tap into that this morning. We're going to look at Jesus' longest recorded prayer, which we call the High Priestly Prayer. And the High Priestly Prayer gives us an intimate glimpse into the heart of Jesus. So read with me for a little bit. He says here, My prayer is not for them alone. 
I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. One. Father, just as you are in me and I in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory that, was, that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. He goes on to say, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, Though the world does not know you, I know you. They know that you have sent me, and I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. I know that was a lot of scripture, right? I'm sorry. It was like a long one. But Jesus prayed that for us. It's actually only a portion of that passage. You see, the heart of Jesus, as we observe here, is number one, unity. Over and over again in the text, we see him say, I want them to be one with me, with one another. Unity is so important to the heart of Jesus. Moms, get this. Two moms, unity in the family means the world. Unity means everything. We move as a unit. We're one, right? We rally our kids and move them out in units. We're like little uh, generals sometimes with all of the kids and all of their stuff. And it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. The second thing that I want you to see in this is that Jesus wants for us to have glory. Now that's weird. I know. But doxa in the Greek means this. It's a good opinion concerning one resulting in praise and honor and glory. Wow. God has a good opinion of you and me. And he wants you to have glory. The second thing that glory means in this passage is splendor and brightness. Baby, you shine like Jesus. You and I shine like Jesus. The third, third thing that glory means is majesty. I love this. Majesty, a thing belonging to God. I don't care what in the world your spouse or your kids or your nasty coworker say about you. The absolutely most amazing thing is Check this out. It says, the absolutely perfect inward or personal excellency of Christ is in you. That's what majesty means. It means the absolute perfect inward or personal excellency of Christ. Not only did he make you kings and queens, he made you majestic and able to carry the glory of God wherever you go. So excuse me if I start strutting a little bit. I'm going to get a crown. I got, my hat, I got my mom's day hat on. I wanted to be a church mother today, so I had to wear the hat. But I'm going to start strutting like I'm the majestic person that I am. 
because God, Jesus wants me to have glory. He wants me to have, he has a good opinion of me. He wants me to shine and be bright. And he wants me to know that I belong to him. And that I'm a queen. Moms, you're a queen because Jesus said so. So if somebody gives you the business, you should say, hold up, hon. I'm a queen. You didn't know. Jesus said so. Jesus said so. All right, the third thing we see in that passage is love. I love love. Love is amazing. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this, and now these three remain. My, my husband actually has this tattooed on him. Uh, faith, hope, and love. Side note, isn't it kind of ironic? My husband has faith, hope, and love tattooed on him, and we started a church called Hope Church. Go figure. It's crazy. So faith, um, and hope, but the greatest of the commandments, the greatest, the highest order is love. The highest order is love. Romans 5.5 5 says this, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Jesus' love comes to us through the Holy Spirit, which he gave to us. He gave to us. So love and forgiveness, though, go together like peanut butter and jelly. Where's my girl at? Like peanut butter and jelly when Jesus is the jam. Right? Love and forgiveness go together like peanut butter and jelly when Jesus is the jam. And, and I want you to know that God wants love to be, <clears throat> let me see how I can put this. Forgiveness happens because of God's immeasurable love for you. Because of his immeasurable love for us, we are forgiven. And because we are forgiven, then we love. You see what I'm saying? Peanut butter and jelly, right? When my kids say peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time with a baseball bat? Is that okay? All right, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. It's good to know. It's good to know. All right, so we've got love in Jesus' heart and forgiveness. But it says in 1 Peter 4, 8, it says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. I'm so glad that Jesus' love covers the multitude of my sin. Because your girl is checked up sometimes. I yell at my kids sometimes. And Jesus still loves me. And they still love me because usually I go and apologize afterwards and say, Mommy is really sorry. I lost my temper. Any other moms? Can I get an amen? Thank you. All right. Glad I'm not alone because it's hard. It's hard in mom life. So now we're going to take a, a shift. And we're going to look at Jesus' love of his mother. I love this. This is cool. Y'all wait. So John 19, 25 through 27. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. We got Mary, Mary, and Mary. Well, hail Mary, right? There you go. Three Marys. Um, which is, it's not funny because Jesus is dying and his mom's there. But, but listen to this. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, that's John, he said to the woman, 
here is your son. And to the disciple, he said, here is your mother. And from that time on, the scriptures tell us that the disciple took her into his home. Jesus loved his mom so much that he made sure she was taken care of when he was going to be gone. That is the heart of a mother for a mother. It's a compassionate heart. I'll get to that in a minute. I got ahead of myself. Jesus cared for his mother, Mary. He made sure that she was well, looked after when he gone. And then God didn't, uh, God's love didn't stop when he died, right? God's love didn't stop when Jesus died on the cross. In fact, through the resurrection, it became glorious and beautiful like a mother who holds her infant after birth. Like there is so much joy, right? When we hold our babies, is there not just so much joy? And we love our children and we hold and nurture them. And can you imagine just for a second, Mary holding Jesus as a baby and now Mary looking at Jesus on the cross as a mom that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to think of my child suffering. But here we have Jesus in his last, most horrific, most painful moments of his life, making sure that mom's going to be okay. Wow. Oh, what love the Father has lavished on us that we might be called children of the Most High God. Oh, man. I'm going to jump into another passage and another historical and cultural context around the idea of God having a mother's heart. I want you to look with me at God's love for the nation Israel. So we're going to look into Isaiah. You see, the descendants of Adam's line came to a culmination in Christ Jesus. And though through Christ, all other nations are comforted when they turn and place their faith in Christ's love. That's why we needed Abraham. That's why there's a whole line. You see, God really does have a heart of a mother for his people. Listen to what he says about Israel, his nation, his royal priesthood, the chosen nation of Israel, right? He says in Isaiah 66, 13, he says, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. Wow. We hear about God a lot as our father. But here, here God says, as a mother comforts her child, that's how I want to comfort you. Moms, we nurture. We hold. We love. We care. We kiss boo-boos. We paste on band-aids. We cuddle, right? My son apparently really loves cuddles. I'm going to have to step up my cuddle game because he's down with cuddles. And the second thing that we see Jesus is our God's heart of a mother for his people is for his believers, Christians, not only for Israel, but for Christians. Luke 13, 34 says this. He says this, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often... I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Again, we hear God's heart. We hear him say, I just want to get 
all my kids together in one room. Moms, what do we do when there's a crisis? We gather all the family together. Okay, I need a family meeting. There's a crisis. Okay, there's, a, there's something happening, something shaking in the world. What's the first thing you look for, moms? Where are my kids? Where are my kids? Okay, there's a crisis. Where are my kids? And I can't deal with a crisis until my kids are safe. Kids safe, kids safe. Okay, now we deal with the crisis. That's, that's the heart of God. It's our hearts as mothers. Why? Because God put it in us. He made us fearfully and wonderfully to be mothers with a heart. Women are just made different. Don't get mad at God for it. Embrace it and know it and love it. He made us special. Guys, you're special too. We'll get to that on Father's Day. Okay, don't get upset. Calm down. Wait your turn. That's right. Such a mom thing to say. Wait your turn. Right? So what do we do with all this? What do we do with all of this information about God and his heart, his mother's heart? I know it's weird to think about it, but he really, he really did create us, so it's there. Created as male and female, so it's there. Right? So I want to tell you this morning that we too need the heart of God to be the mothers and the caretakers regardless of our gender or the roles and responsibilities we take in caring for the weak and vulnerable among us. And I mean the older among us as well as the youngest among us. I mean, every generation, tribe, and tongue. I mean, and nation. And I mean, no matter their location, whether it's in the womb or in the arms or behind bars or on parole, we deserve the love of Christ to be poured out richly on each and every one of us. Listen to this. Titus 3, 3 through 7 says this. At one time, we too were foolish. Amen. Okay. I love it when the Bible just calls me out on my stuff. Right? Disobedient. Now they meddling. Deceived. Okay, fine. And enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Okay, Jesus, just going to call out all my garbage. Okay. Right? But when the kindness... Mm, Think about that. He says, when we lived in malice, I'm getting ahead of myself, we lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But listen to this. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth, and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. It's hope. It's like the whole name of our church. It's amazing. Do you hear the heart of the Father this morning for you, daughter? Do you hear the heart of the Father for you, son? How can you hear it better? It's very simple. Pray. 
I know you're sick of me saying it, but I'm going to keep saying it. Pray. Pray for all around you, whether you like them or not. Because can we just be real? I don't like everybody. God's working on me. I'm learning how to like and love people well, but I don't always like everybody. And I know everybody don't like me because they let me know. Even in a passive aggressive way on Facebook, that's fine. God sees you ugly. I'm just saying that for the podcast people, okay? So I want you to also pray, pray that God's love might be poured into your hearts, their hearts, your enemies, your friends, all. I want you to pray for mothers who face extreme challenges all around the world. Think about these Ukrainian moms. God, it breaks my heart to think about all that they're having to do to gather their children and to get them to safety. And moms, don't we just, doesn't it just prick your heart? Dads, I know it brings up in our men the, the, the want to fight and protect because God's heart is in you. Come on. I want you to pray for fathers. Pray for fathers who find themselves single and raising children alone. Or in new step families. Pray for stepmoms and aunties who are like moms. Pray for the women who want to be a mom. Pray for those who have lost their mom. And this is what you should pray. You should pray to reflect the love of Jesus Christ into the world he has placed us in. Do you remember what Jesus prayed in John 17, 20 through 25? Let's look at it. You're going to pray, and if you're writing things down, write this down. Belief. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, he prays for them to have belief. May they also be in us. The first thing you need to pray for everyone, everywhere, is for them to believe. Believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he is and will be who he says he will be both now and forever. Pray for everyone to believe. And then if you want to get the heart of Christ, pray for other people to have glory because it's really easy. It's really easy to pray for us to have glory. Can I get an amen? God's been dealing with me about some stuff lately. It's really easy to pray for yourself to be honored, to feel majestic and queen-like, king-like. But it's so much harder to pray for others to receive glory. Pray for them to receive greater glory. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. So the third thing I want you to pray for people is to pray for people to be united and not the church. No, no, we're Hope Church. But I pray, I want you to pray for people to be united in Christ and in his holy church, Big C, which includes United. And it might include churches that you don't think it should include. But guess what? You're not in charge. Jesus is. And he included them. 
We pray for unity for all the churches of Seaford. We're grateful for the other churches in our city that are doing wonderful things. We love them, and we believe that a rising tide raises all boats. And we will let the power and the love of Jesus Christ fill our city that all churches will benefit. And all people will come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus said this way, he said, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me, Father, and have loved them even as you have loved me. Here's the fourth thing I want you to pray for people. I want you to pray for their eternal souls. Eternity, eternal souls. You see, steadfast faith that lasts until the end to win the race and finish the prize, that's what we need to reach eternity. And Jesus prayed this for us. He said, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. Because you loved me before the creation of the world. Jesus' heart for you and for me is to be with him always. Isn't that like a mama? I always want my kids, well, I don't always want my kids to be with me. I'm working on that. That's why I need Jesus. But God's perfect heart wants his children to be with him always. Because I always want to know where my kids are, remember? I always want to keep them safe. And God's heart is the same. What number are we on? One, two, three, four, or five. I didn't number them. I lettered them, which wasn't working for me right now. So number five. Jesus asked all these things, and he prayed for it in his name. So you pray in the name of Jesus. If you've ever wondered why, when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name, it's to remind ourselves of whose power it is that we're calling on to get what we're dealing with done with. So we pray in the name of Jesus. Because in the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. And in the name of Jesus, the enemy has to run. And in the name of Jesus, darkness fears and flees. And in the name of Jesus, all of us are set free. So when you pray for somebody, I want you to grip with both hands the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. And I want you to say, in Jesus' name. Don't worry. You might sound crazy, but when that stuff starts running away from your life or their life, when, when that stuff starts to go crazy and you say, in the name of Jesus, the Lord rebuke you, get out of here. And it goes, don't be shocked. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. It's not just the song we sing. It's real. This is what Jesus said in that prayer. Verse 25, he said, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. That's why we need Jesus. He's the connection. He's our conduit. He's the connection point to the heart of the Father. Finally, 
We pray in his name and we pray for his name. For his name. Verse 26 says, I have made you known to them and you will continue to make and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. We pray in his name, but we also pray for his namesake so that the love that he has would be in us. Pray for his name to be glorified in their lives. I pray that the name of Jesus be glorified in my life, but I'm going to be praying for the name of Jesus to be glorified in Jen's life for his namesake. I pray that the name of Jesus would be glorified in Mike and Megan's life. I pray that the name of Jesus be magnified in Tabitha's life. And I pray it in Jesus' name. I pray for his name, in his name, for eternal purposes, in unity, with glory, and all the belief in my heart. Why? Because that's what Jesus taught. Because God has a mother's heart. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you have been struggling in your faith. It's been a struggle lately. There's been hard things that we've dealt with. We're small, we're a family. Losing Jared was terrible, still is terrible. For those of you who don't know, um, I'm sorry, you missed out on a really good dude. Um, but I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be praying for you. And I ask that you would pray for me too. If you don't know Jesus, and um, there's a way that you can connect to Jesus and to the heart of the Father which is the heart of a mother. <laughs> Confused yet? It's okay. Re-listen to the podcast, you'll get it. And if not, you can send a message to Alfie at hopedelmarva.com and let him explain it to you. If you're in here and, and you maybe have never made a decision for Jesus, or if you're listening to the podcast and you've never made a decision for Jesus, or you've never recommitted your life, or you've never like or you've committed your life and you've never like, um, you've wandered away and you know you're not in the heart of God anymore. And if you know, you know. It's a bad if you know, if you know. And you'll know. Because he'll make it clear to you right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll make it clear. Why? Because the heart of the Father is to gather all the children. Always and forever. Always. Here's good news. If you didn't have a great mom growing up, I was blessed. I'm blessed with two great moms. I had my mother-in-law and my mom were great. But if you weren't, the good news is that God can be your mom. It's amazing. If you didn't have a good father when you were growing up, God can be your father. It's powerful. That's powerful. So, I'm going to pray, and if you want to make a decision for Jesus, I would love for you to do that. Those listening to the podcast can always, um, any day of the week, you can literally text 
and let us know that you've made a decision to follow Jesus or to recommit your life to Jesus, you can do that by uh, texting that's me to 94,000 and I'll get that message and I'll connect with you throughout the week. But if you're here in the room, I'm going to pray and I just pray that the Holy Spirit just wash over you. I'm going to pray for mothers. I'm going to pray for fathers who have to be mothers, women who want to be mothers but can't, those of us who've lost our mothers. I'm going to pray for you to receive the heart of the father, the heart of the mother in comfort this morning. So would you pray with me right now? Just bow your head and close your eyes and just honor God. and Center yourself in him. We just focus on you, Jesus. You're worthy. Jesus, thank you that you loved your mother well. And you modeled for us how to love our parents well. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price so that we wouldn't be disconnected to God, that we could be a family again. Father, there are those of us who have wandered away from the family. Like you said, we've become sheep who have gone astray. I pray that you would bring us home today. I pray that you would help us to come home, to be at that big, big table with you and all of our brothers and sisters. God, I'm so grateful that you allowed me to come back home, and even when I stray, you always welcome me back to the table. Somebody needs to know that you're welcome back at the table. Somebody needs to know that your place has always been set there. You don't have to wait for an invitation. Your place is right there. The table has been set, and that place is just for you. He's holding it for you. He's been holding it for you since before you were ever even thought about. Come home. Come home. For those of you who, who might hear this and say, I don't even know if Jesus is real or not. Let me just tell you, he is. So Father, we just ask that you would help people come to believe because eternity is online. Eternity is on the line, and it's real. This isn't a game, and we're not playing. So, Father, I pray that you would prick the hearts of those who are far from you, and that you would unite them with the body of Christ, the believers, that we may love and support them. Father, we, we just lift up to you, mothers. God, you created us so uniquely. Sometimes it's weird, and I don't always enjoy all the parts of being a woman and a mother, but I'm so grateful that you chose me. Would you just thank God for choosing you to be a mother if you are one? And if you're not, would you just trust that he has your heart and he knows? Father, I thank you that you hear us in these prayers and that you're here with us in these moments and I pray that we take this throughout our week I thank you that you always hear me when I pray and you always answer me with great and mighty things that I don't know anything about you give them to me like gifts because you're a good father 
And you're a great mother. Father, I ask that you would use us this week to be hope dealers in our community. I ask God that you would use us this week to be light bearers in our neighborhoods. And I pray that you would make us usable. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And for his name. Amen. Listen, if you would like to know more about the Bible, and you want to hear more of God's heart for you, and you've never really studied the Bible before, I want to invite you to my house. Weird, right? It's not weird. It's actually pretty nice. And I can cook. So this summer, we have a Bible study just for those of you who are interested in learning how to read and how to study the Bible. Um, it's Bible and Dessert, and you can sign up online. I did decide to limit it so that we can actually intimately learn together. So go ahead and register as soon as possible if you intend to take it, and then we'll have a, an extra class. Um, I'll, I'll do another class um, if we have an overflow. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Because the cold medicine is real. Okay, cool. Awesome. So please sign up and let us know that you want to do that. Um, and I will see you guys right back here at Seaford Middle School next week. This is a pretty cool place. I haven't been here. It's bringing back a lot of I was suspended here memories. ISS is still up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So look, I'm just keeping it real. I spent a lot of time in school suspension, okay? And look what God can do with me. Think of what he can do with you. All right, y'all. Have a great week. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware at the Seaford Senior High School Auditorium. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's hope, D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A. Dot com. Thanks for listening.